folks, I've gathered you here today to teach you how to make your TV shows live forever. See, I've discovered a door. It's about halfway down. I'm going to open this door and we're all going to go through and all of our TV shows are going to live on through a teenager in California named Ferris Bueller. Let's just open that door. Bueller. Bueller. Ferris Bueller. Bueller. Ferris. Ferris Bueller. Bueller. Ferris. Ferris Bueller. 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 We're talking about Ferris Bueller, the series. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the More You Nerd, the only podcast dedicated to expanding your nerd horizons by doing random stuff like talking about a TV show that is so rare it never got a VHS release. Miles, how are you, my friend? Drew, I am fantastic. And you want to know why? Because I got to see your handsome mug in person yesterday for the first time in years i get to see my handsome mug every day so i am i know that this is <laughs> a a pretty big deal for you yeah miles and i got to hang out for a little bit not long enough uh because uh um, no but it was great to see you <laughs> yes it was fantastic we we hung out we got lunch we 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 walked around and and, and did some stuff and then i had to get in a car for a couple more hours but uh <laughs> oh you know it was it was awesome to see you and rebecca and we had an absolute great time and it was just getting to the show with you is already fun but like actually just being able to hang out in person was just especially after like the last year yeah it was i mean just, we're, we're mid-pandemic i mean we're we're towards the end of the pandemic we miles and i are both vaccinated we got to to just do our thing and you know it's it's nice. It felt it, good. It feels like there's an end of this stuff coming in a way that I don't think I have felt before. Yeah, and <laughs> it felt the opposite of the feeling that I get from Ferris View or the series. Yeah, speaking of endings that they weren't <laughs> sure was going to, to, to come, uh, this Ferris Bueller TV series, we're going to be honest, gang, not a lot of history available, at least not a lot of public no. history. This show... And was canceled mid-season. It only had 13 episodes. As I mentioned a minute ago, it has never had a VHS release. It's never had a DVD release. It is not legally streaming anywhere. The only place that you can find it is like you could you can buy it on DVD with fan-made DVDs that I'm assuming are sourced from some kind of recorded thing i, I have know. no idea although i will say the um some intrepid soul has gotten all of the series on youtube and honestly it looked all right it looks it looks you know 480 it, it looks quality. far better than a 30 year old bootleg show should look yeah so like <laughs> so this is the wild thing and this is i think kind of what informed how we wanted to do this weird month is the the idea of making a television show based on a popular movie o almost never works it there are there are successes obviously with with buffy highlander stuff like that fargo 
but it's something that studios keep doing. And in the season that Ferris Bueller was released, and, and, and this is one of the few things I did kind of find out about the, the time period, is when NBC did this, there were 10 pilots in the 90 to 91 season based off of movies. Wow. Would you care to take a guess at any of those knowing the time period? Okay, through? so it's 89, 90. And yes. I will say... 90, 91. 90, 91. So I do have to say, because I'm going to talk about this a little bit later on, Ferris Bueller's Day Off came out in 86. This show came out 1990. This show feels like a generation later than the Ferris Bueller movie. Uh, so we have t- so 10. So, so but to go back to that, 10 pilots based off of movies. Yes. OK, I'm going to guess there was a pilot based on. 16 Candles. No. Um, as far as teen stuff goes, I think Ferris Bueller was kind of kind of kind of it. OK, so we'll move it. off of that uh, backdraft to the series. No. OK. Um, you're gonna have to give me a hint. Uh, think about things that that talk that you wouldn't expect to talk in real life. Look who's talking the series. Yes, it was called Baby Talk. <laughs> Baby Talk, the Look Who's Talking series. Okay, okay. Uh, other ones were uh, a series based on "I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker." Okay. Big. Okay. Uncle Buck. Okay. Steel Magnolias. Okay. True Believer. K nine, Parenthood, which I we do know that one. Parenthood later later became its own series much later on. Yeah, and the Witches of Eastwick. Yeah, so I mean, this was definitely something that was, I guess, in the air at the time. All these all these movies that were popular in the mid to late eighties and some early nineties were getting these television shows, and I, I gotta wonder why because. If, if unless you're doing a continuation of a movie, what what inspires a studio to think, oh, we should turn this into a show? Well, especially th- in shows like this, like Uncle Buck, the series. So I think some of these things like I- I'm going to be honest, the concept of a Ferris Bueller TV series that goes week to it, week. It works. Yes. The concept works. That works. It, you can do something zany. I mean, Saved by the Bell was on the air for how many years before and after this? So this this came on during the second season of Saved by the Bell, but that does not count the Good Morning Miss Bliss year. Yeah. So we're in our third year of Zach Morris, who is basically, you know, the next step from Ferris Bueller. The question is, at this point in time, do we need Ferris Bueller? And that is the big question. How I don't what I don't know. Ferris Bueller's Day Off was a a hit movie. I don't know how Mm -hmm. much of a hit. In, back in the day i mean it okay well, it had a budget all, of five million it, it made 70 million it did, did pretty well <laughs> well and for for the 80s that's a that's a smash that's yeah. a box office smash we're, so, we're a little jaded towards those numbers now but back then yeah making that much money was a huge deal so and one of the things that i found out and i don't know that i can't find any truth to this and i feel like it's a rumor spun out of a tragic event was they claimed that they were trying to get Matthew Broderick for the show and that they were going to replace the actor in the second season with him if 
the show got picked up. But at the time of the filming of the first season, Matthew Broderick was allegedly in jail for a DUI. I have found no evidence that that is true. That, that it looks like someone took the the horrible accident that he had in 1987, which was resulted in the loss of of two lives, and maybe stretched it as an explanation to, uh, as to why Matthew Broderick is not in this film. But I have found no evidence that Matthew Broderick was ever going to be part of this TV show. I, I think he would have been too old. He would have been too old. Like even in let's see, he was. I got to do math here. 1986 minus 1962 he would have, he was 24 when the movie came out when ferris bueller the movie came out he would have been pushing 30 yeah which is not which, i mean that not definitely happens of. i mean i'm 36 i could still play a teenager on tv if i dyed my hair um no <laughs> but uh <laughs> His joke, his joke. But uh, but anyway, so let's let's get down to some of this cast, because this is the thing that I think is very interesting about it, because I, I think of, of Ferris Bueller's Day Off as a quintessential 80s movie. For sure. And just not that long later, because if you think this show came out in in 1990, they're probably filming in 1989. It feels so much newer than the movie does does. Uh, and so you've got you've got Ferris played by Charlie Schlatter, who in the opening moments of the series takes a chainsaw to a Matthew Broderick cardboard cutout because he we're to learn that this is the real Ferris Bueller that the character in the movie was based on and he didn't yes. like <laughs> that Matthew Broderick played him in the movie. Well, he his exact his exact words also is, uh, this is television. This is real. And he, com- he complains that Matthew Broderick was uh, two-dimensional. And Which is a the, joke the, yeah, because the, there's a cardboard cutout right there. Right. And honestly, like this opening little bit, I was like, okay, this is kind of cute. And the show continually fails the promise of this initial pitch. Like, I, I actually liked the cutting the Matthew Broderick cardboard cutout. I, I thought that was kind of a, a good way to address the elephant in the room, that this was not an adaptation of Ferris Bueller. This was not a continuation of the film. I, I liked that approach. But the problem is, I don't know what it is, because Drew and I also watched one episode of a, a show that was constantly compared to, one, the original Ferris Bueller, and to this show, and it aired on a rebel network, Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Uh, so, and everything that this show does, Parker Lewis does as well, but just does it better. Yeah, so I, I, I want to talk about Parker Lewis because uh, Parker Lewis Can't Lose, you can find on Crackle, you can find it on Plex, you can find that show out there. I want to talk about, because I feel like we're going to do a disservice to Ferris Bueller Despite the, our our feelings oh, no, about that show, I've got good things to say about the show for but, sure. But but this show is 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 
on paper it works on paper it works so well a hundred percent i that's why i wanted to do it because i was like i bet this is going to be a hidden gem so all of the, so we've got all of the main characters of the movie. We've got Ferris. We've got Sloane Peterson, played by Amy Dolans, who is the daughter of the monkeys, Mickey Dolans, which I found very interesting when I was reading about that. She is not in it as much. And uh, she's a least, non-character. Well, we only in the episodes we saw. We only watched four episodes. She doesn't have a ton of character. You've got uh, you've got a, a, a actor named Brandon Douglas as Cameron. Uh, Cameron Fry, Ferris's best friend, who I think probably puts in the best performance of the show uh, as as a character. You've got Jennifer Aniston. Yes, the Rachel herself playing Ferris Bueller's sister, Jeannie. Who is is honestly very good in the show. She's not given much to work with. Um, and of course, you've got Ferris's parents. You've got the principal, Ed Rooney, who has been recast by uh, an actor, Richard Reel, who I think most people will know Richard Reel as uh, the the customer service uh, guy from uh, Office Space, the movie Office Space. He's the guy that cre- that gets hit by the car and creates the jump to conclusions, Matt. Um, yeah, he, he's he's had so much work. Yeah, that dude works. He appears in so many things. And uh, and and yeah, and that's that's sort of your core cast as we go from episode to episode, just kind of doing high school stuff uh, and, and something that we didn't really get to see Ferris Bueller in the movie do because he spent most of that time on a day off. But uh, there's also a yeah. cha- there's also a change of venue. Uh, Ferris Bueller, the movie takes place, I believe, Chicago. Yes, Chicago. Yes. Uh, and this is California and this is all California, which I understand why they do that. It's filmed in California so that they don't have to hide that. It's, you know, they don't have to plant a weird tree in California to make it look like Chicago. But there's <laughs> just something inherently less interesting to me about that. I feel like California is so done when it comes to this stuff. I think a Chicago Chicago would have worked. It could have been interesting. I mean, and that was kind of where, you know, most John Hughes stuff was you know, Shermer, Illinois, and all that, all that stuff, you know, it would have been nice for it to kind of retain that identity. And not to, to down the show too much. I, I will say my pride, because this is a show that, and I, 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 will, I will say later about how low budget this, this show feels, especially con- compared to something like Parker Lewis Can't Lose, which all Parker Lewis does is, it's this exact same concept, it's just not, using established characters. And I'm wondering if that was part of the recipe for Parker Lewis's success because there's no shadow for it to to live in. That could it is, that could be. Now, I will say Parker Lewis, you know, while still cheesy had better writing, at least from the pilot that we watched. I I feel that the cardinal sin that this show has more often than not, is that the show keeps telling you it's cool without actually being cool. Oh, 100%. That is, that's a huge statement to make right there. And that nails something that I've been trying to put together because this, this show is somewhat charming in certain points. It's it ex- really is. <laughs> it's extremely cringy in other points. 
Uh, and, it really is. And <laughs> but but a lot of it is based around Ferris Bueller looking at the camera and talking about how cool he is, and that's not what Ferris Bueller really does. Yeah, and I think that's a byproduct of the the rising popularity of Saved by the Bell and Zach Morris. And they clearly put money into the pilot because, I mean, and also probably why you haven't seen a VHS release is they got licensed music from Rome by the B-52, She Drives Me Crazy by Fine Young Cannibals, Wouldn't It Be Nice by the Beach Boys. I mean, they they pulled out some money for at least getting some some big songs yeah so, to, to go along with this so, pilot well, let's talk about the let's talk about the, the four episodes we watched of course we've got the pilot so it's ferris's first day of junior year at ocean bay high school the could you name a more california-based high school if you didn't call it california high uh, but he's got to deal with his arch nemesis principal rooney who wants to suspend him on the very first day um, and we should say they they use the term suspension a lot. They mean expulsion because he ain't coming back. <laughs> yeah, you keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but of course, the 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 first day of school, he meets a beautiful new transfer student named Sloane. Yes, we're told that this is the very same Ferris Bueller that was in the movie. So suddenly, Ferris Bueller has a new love interest who's a brand new transfer to the school who happens to have the same name as the girlfriend of ferris bueller in the movie they never bring it up it's never a thing we're just supposed to ignore that uh there's a lot of things about sloan's presence that that, that pop up that's like she's only been here well, that and she talks about transferring to an art school at the end of the episode and that's never brought up never again brought up again unless it's brought up in episode two which we didn't watch but uh, uh, so here's the thing that we watched. We watched four episodes and we didn't just watch the first four. We watched episodes one, four, 11 and 13. So I feel like we kind of got a, enough of a mix of the breadth of the show. And I, I got to say, Sloan is the weakest link in, in the episodes that we watch. She seems to have no other characteristic except to be the pretty girl. And... <laughs> Like she she does mention that she wants to be a ballerina at some point and, and then immediately falls on her face at the beach. Yeah. And then Pharaoh says something really. I, I want to know if I misheard this. Did he say what a wench? Yes, he said what a wench. I believe that they were trying to go for the what a mensch kind of thing. OK, like that That's makes what sense. I'm assuming. I, again, they keep using <laughs> the wrong word for things. It's and a weird it, it's it. There's, there's, there's some weird the, writing. I'm, I'm going to say there is some also fantastic writing in this show. I'm going to call out. Oh, yeah, one, there's some there's some good gags. There's some I'm going to call out. There's a bit. I'm going to call out one one uh, one line in particular. So Ferris is going to steal his sister's car because, as we all know, Jeannie got the car. Ferris got seemingly everything else. Uh, <laughs> but uh but Ferris is going to steal his sister's car in order to take Sloane to the beach as part of this. Jeannie looks out of the, the, the classroom window and sees that her car is driving away with her brother behind the wheel. And meanwhile, the, the teacher in the class is talking about General MacArthur as he's leaving uh, as he's leaving the southeast. And and class, does anybody know what? What General MacArthur's final words to the troops were? And then Jeannie stands up and says, I'll be right back. 
which is only funny because if you know that MacArthur's last words were, I shall return, <laughs> which is just a very funny moment that is not played for laughs. It's not landed on. If you don't know that reference, it doesn't work at all. I'm wondering if the showmakers didn't get the joke. Like if the director and and the casting crew that were working on the episode that day didn't get that was that was a a history joke. Could be. I I I got it. And maybe it was something that may have been more common to get 20 At years ago. It, it, years it's ago. also very possible. And so the show is trying to establish Ferris as this cool kid. And one of the things that Ferris does in the film and he does in the show is he breaks the fourth wall. He talks to the camera, to the audience. And especially in the pilot, I feel like he does it way too much. Like the kid won't shut up. He's nearly talking to the camera the entire time, even when everything else is going on, which honestly, that didn't bother me too much. I, I kind of expect. I don't know why. That. I don't know why it bugged me. But, but, I, I, but, I guess because, you know, growing up with Saved by the Bell and having seen. You know, the, the original film and Parker Lewis and everything like I, I like that when it's used sparingly, I think it's a good device to use, but it, it felt like they were just re like there was a lot of try hard to this pilot and there's things about ferris i like when they get the the, the limo to pick him up for school there's a scene where he's talking to cameron and he's got this glass of uh, orange juice but he's holding it and drinking it like it's a glass of scotch that's such a ferris bueller thing to do it, it is and i for whatever reason that imagery stood out to me and i really liked that there are things that schlater does that i think are are excellent i don't think he quite has and this could be the script's problem I don't think he quite has the the natural easiness that Broderick has or that the character in kind of cultural memory has. But I think he does a pretty admirable job of trying to to bring this character to life. I agree. I think that. I don't know, there there is something that is really iconic about Matthew Broderick's portrayal of the same character, that there's really nothing you can do to to bring oh, that to the same level. Um, absolutely. I it, mean, my high school years, I had a a horizontal poster above my TV of Ferris Bueller uh, doing the cool lying back and and the, the poster read leisure rules, which which they tried to do that pose for him a couple of times. And it just it, I don't know. Did it quite work? So let's let's move to episode four, because this is where I think the show. Is different because the pilot they're trying well, to we do have to we do have to talk about the fact that Ferris seems to be in every uh, official system in the known world. Oh, he well, so, uh, so he is an expert hacker. He like this is something in, that in, we in, saw in an age the Internet. He's able to hack. <laughs> this is something that we see in the movie as well. He's changing grades. He's changing schedules. He's, he's putting things. He knows a dude from LA law who can come to his school to pretend to be a lawyer to like, it's actually yeah. an actor who was on LA law at the time. It's, Which is a funny, that was a, a funny, funny gag. I had to look up who the guy was. Cause I don't, and, I never saw LA law, but. And Drew, I want to ask you something because this, this show does something that almost every show that took place in high school in the 90s did is it talks about that 
very, very feared permanent record. Yeah, and man. I don't know if I ever remember seeing a permanent record in high school. You didn't? No. We uh, where I went to school, like I, we didn't really have like as far as like oh, if you got in trouble, like that one, you got in trouble. You, you like, it, dude, you didn't get your permanent record. No. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a big deal, man. <laughs> it's just it's wild. It is yeah, wild. To it's me a completely be- fake thing. I don't know why they keep <laughs> keep bringing it up. I, Miles read through me. You guys couldn't see it on camera as he. <laughs> Who's trying to figure out how long I was going to take the joke or when I was going to let it die. It, yeah, the permanent record <laughs> thing is just so weird. I don't. I mean, I'm sure it existed at some point. I just I just I have no memory at all of that being a thing. And I remember seeing it on TV shows all the time. It was such a it was such an 80s and 90s trope about the mean principle would always be your permanent record. Yeah. So and I, and, and I just I, it, it's it's something that I immediately picked up on. And I'm not picking on this particular show for it because everything did it. Save of the Bell did it. Parker Lewis did it. I mean, everything did it. Everything. Uh, so so I, I do want to move on out of the pilot on. because the pilot sure. is, is there to set things up. It's there to directly compare Ferris Bueller, the show to Ferris Bueller's Day Off, the movie. And I think and, as we and get you and get you comfortable with hearing the exact same hip hop music for the theme song Ferris, over Ferris, and over again. Bueller. <laughs> Uh, we'll talk about that music because it's awful. Uh, so, so episode four was the next episode we watched, where it's it's a Cameron focused episode. Cameron has been Ferris's best friend since the first grade, but ev- everybody knows Ferris. Everybody is want to give Ferris gifts and talk to Ferris and ask Ferris for for advice and help with things. And everybody knows him. Nobody knows his name. They just know him as Ferris's friend. And and this episode is about Ferris attempting to help Cameron be more more out there if he wants to be be you know get get getting his his advice and and you know it's 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 kind of funny because you know one of the first things Cameron decides to do is is go and get on the wrestling team and they do they paint Cameron a little differently he was he was pretty neurotic in the movie but they play up that neuro- neuroses and also the uh he's kind of a germaphobe they they mention which i don't remember mm-hmm. as being a thing in the movie as much i but, can totally uh, see it though but i can see it and uh but I, and like i said i like the, the i like the the performance of of cameron by uh by again let me get his name real quick by brandon douglas uh and it's it, this is i think of the four episodes we watched this was the one i had the most fun with it it is absolutely the most fun. I think a lot of the the a plot about Cameron trying to you know have his own identity and all of the gags of people not knowing who he is are, are generally work. They they're generally funny. the The way everything moves is consistent. My favorite being uh, Rooney calling him a complete stranger when he tries to uh, take credit for destroying the Viking statue. <laughs> I mean, all of that worked. The, the thing that didn't work for me was this the, the weird B plot of the fact that the school has renamed their team from the Dolphins to the Vikings and all the students just freaking hate it. Yeah, that that, that those those gags didn't quite land for me. 
And because it seems like in the in 1990, they would be moving from the Vikings to the dolphins because dolphins were like a cool 90s animal. I remember dolphins being all over the place back in 1990. But they referenced the TV show Flipper, which I found funny just because I watched Flipper when it was when I I was growing up. This is this is (laughs) something that. I don't think the later generations that grew up with streaming are ever going to do because we watched what was just available and on at any given time. And right now there is literally the wealth of human entertainment available at our fingertips all the time. Uh, And so you really have to go out of your way to find certain things like Flipper or Ferris Bueller, the series. But I digress. Yeah. And in the notes that I took about this episode, my my final thoughts, well, my final thoughts of the episode, but I I made a note at the end of the episode that said improved, but still fairly. There's a there's a a lifelessness to the show that I don't think it ever quite gets out of. And I feel like it really keeps the show from creating an identity. And that that I think is the biggest the second biggest problem that that the show has is it really it's constantly trying not to be in the shadow of the film but at the same time can't seem to get out of the shadow of the film yeah yeah and it, it's this back and forth that i think uh is a detriment to the show because the uh, this episode is pretty fun and i also could do without ferris trying to give little life lessons that don't really pertain to anything at the end of each episode yeah he he, he tries to be this elder sage but he's just not <laughs> He doesn't have that much experience to be trusted with. It's. And, I don't know. Well, the, there are things that I really like about the next two episodes, but both of these episodes have some really problematic material. Yeah. So <laughs> episode episode 11, baby, you can't drive my car. This is a Halloween episode, though. It doesn't seem like it because I don't think they say the words Halloween out loud. They do mention yeah, but- costume parties you see some decorations and and they uh and they and and there is a reference to going to people's houses to get candy which implies trick-or-treating at the very end of the show uh i know cameron is is upset about it early on in the show but this episode is all about ferris buying a car because he really wants a car and he wins some money probably by rigging a radio contest and w- wins $2,000 and he finds a 1962 Chevrolet Corvette. Oh, he wins 1000 His dad will match what he puts down. Oh, that's right. So, so he gets $2,000, but he only has one that he, <laughs> he got from the radio. So, so he finds a 1962 Chevy Corvette that this guy is trying to give away as much as he can because he's hearing voices from the car. It only has 12 miles on it. It used to belong to his wife. She only drove it once. Read into that. Uh, Yes, it was only driven once. Her first drive was her last. Is the car haunted? And then they don't really go far enough into that element of things. They 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 show you a lot of, of stuff that like the car works and then it doesn't work. And then. They try to leave it in a in the bad part of town. You can tell it's the bad part of town because they crank up the hip hop music anymore, even more. Oof. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. The the. That whole part of leaving the car in the quote unquote ghetto that they were trying to put off is. Is certainly a choice. It is something. And 1990 was a was a long time ago. 
and yeah but it's still it's just it's 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 in really poor taste yes and, it is uh, yeah it just doesn't work i i did like the the kind of christine angle the show was kind of paying tribute to uh christine is uh, also a a kind of a red convertible although it in the film it's a plymouth fury from 58 not a um what is what is ferris's a 62 chevy corvette yeah so along the along the same line so you've got ferris taking the car to get fixed at the the auto shop in the high school with this dude who is literally credited as greaser <laughs> it doesn't have a name he's just got a a a, a, a life choice of greaser so this this kid is interesting because there is a scene after he he works in the car initially where the car hood fell on his arm and in and you see that he's had to put his arm into a sling. However, in the very next thirty scene, seconds later, that's that's that sling is gone. And, <laughs> and 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 probably fifteen to twenty minutes in in the show's actual time, you know. The, the kids out of the sling working on the car again. And it's just like, wait a minute. <laughs> Meanwhile, you have Mr. Rooney in one of the funniest things that happens in this. Mr. Rooney wants this car. This is Mr. Rooney's dream car. Principal Rooney's dream car. And you get a flashback to Principal Rooney when he was back in the day driving that car around. And he's got the 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 thick black hair and he's got the sunglasses. And he makes this statement about uh, how I believe the actress in that scene is is Grace, his secretary. It's Grace, yeah. And you sir, sure know how to fill a bikini or whatever he says. And it's just like that's exactly Whoa. what he says. And it's <laughs> it's uh, this this also had the the my favorite background character, my favorite secondary character of of the of the the show, which was the the auto shop teacher who never seemed to know what was going on. Or anyone's name, or where he was, or the parts of the car. I mean, I'm glad you liked him. I like that. I, 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 like I, I, I personally funny. found him to be a little much. I, I liked the kid who was working on the car a lot. And well, and and as it turns out, as we go through this whole thing, you know, where where Ferris and his dad almost crash it after Ferris gives, uh, or after Ferris's dad gives him some truly choice advice about uh, uh, staring at at parts of female Beyond. anatomy. Just yeah, you d- you don't break. You just you, you go just back around the block. Around the block, <laughs> and then uh, they almost yeah. crash. <laughs> the, the The car smokes. They don't. They don't stop the car. They just keep driving until they almost crash it. As it turns out. Principal Rooney has paid off uh, the the greaser dude to make all this stuff happen to Ferris's car so that he can. Which let's let's, let's dig into the him. the the ethics of, of that one. You sabotaged a child's motor vehicle where anything could have happened on the road of California, so that you might have the opportunity to to, to buy this vehicle. Well, I mean, you heard the conversation between Rooney and the greaser kid. Rooney's like, I told you not to kill him. And he's like, no, you told me to kill him. <laughs> you t- right. And like, and that's the thing where it's like, I get that this is just supposed to be kind of like a gas. But the problem is there, there are some. Cartoonishness that I wish this show did not have. And I think that's why shows like Save the Bell 
and Parker Lewis, while both those things were certainly very cartoony, they also kept a, a realm of reality. And Ferris Bueller, the series, seems to, I don't even want to call it magic realism, but it seems to take place in sort of a cartoon fantasy land. Well, what they wanted to have their cake and eat it too when it came to, is the car haunted or is it not haunted? And they just they well, didn't. Then- they didn't play up There's- certain things well enough. And I and I want to I want to push back on that because you you say that that Ferris Bueller has cartoon realism. I watched that pilot episode of uh, or I watched that uh, par- uh, pilot episode of Parker Lewis Can't Lose. There is zany nonsense that happens in it. It it goes above it goes above and beyond what Ferris Bueller does in the magical realism side of things. They it are somehow they are somehow able in that episode to produce a fully produced tape of a news report of a bus crash in order for Ferris or it's going to be in order for Parker, Parker Lewis to not get called out for being late to homeroom. That is something that I wonder now if Ferris Bueller, the TV show, just didn't go far enough, that if they had pushed that boundary even farther, they kept it too real. And that's where well, it's see, I, I, I don't know, because the thing about Parker Lewis is like you don't have the the, the principal wants to expel him. She doesn't want using the to term correctly, child. not not. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yes, I am using the term correctly. She wants to expel him. And yes, she uses the term correctly as well, but she doesn't attempt to to murder a child. And that that's a weird, weird boundary that this show, especially in the in, the, in this episode, and the next episode that we watch, it puts these characters in a weird element of danger. Frequently, but then it it kind of softens the blow. Well, it's it's by, it's, by, it's safety danger. It's safety danger. So it's it's safety danger, but it's it's I don't know. There 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 is a there is a I think I think you said it best. It tries to have its cake and eat it too in general, and I just I don't think it it's balanced enough to pull off what it wants to pull off. Whereas uh, Saved by the Bell, Parker Lewis, even something like Punky Brewster, like they were all balanced enough to pull off the things they were doing. And Ferris Bueller just doesn't seem to quite find that 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 sweet spot so so let's go to the final episode that we watched which is the final produced episode now we have found some evidence of a 14th episode that may have been partially filmed may not have been filmed at all that and it sounds even worse than this one in terms of oofa doofa i don't even know that i want to get into to that one we'll see so the final episode the finale they did not know was going to be the finale a night in the life Ferris and Cameron have failed to finish a paper that they that was that was due. We are told about Lyndon Johnson. The paper is actually supposed to be about uh, notable Americans. Uh, I, I forget the term that they, they that they use. It's not famous Americans. It's uh, uh, exceptional Americans. I don't know. I uh, can't remember. But. They they struggle to they, so the Cameron has actually plagiarized, but they're given one more chance by the teacher, which is not a thing that would happen in any normal school no. at all today. But uh, so if they and that str- teacher looked really familiar. He's popped up in a lot of stuff, too. He is was in a bunch of movies. I think he's the uh, he's the dude that gets Quaid into the machine in uh, uh, 
that Martian uh, uh, Schwarzenegger movie. That his, uh, why can't I ever Total remember recall? the names to things? Total Recall. Total Recall. Yeah. Pretty sure that's him. Anyway. So they, they go to Ferris's house. And meanwhile, there's this whole other story about Jeannie who is hooking up with this college. She's a senior in high school. She's hooking up with a college sophomore. It's weird. Even Principal oh, Rooney no. thinks it's weird. No, what's weird is in the opening thing, she's having a conversation with her parents because she came back home after curfew. And then Jeannie says to her parents, well, Steve was all over me. What was I supposed to say? Get off. I have a homeroom tomorrow. And the parents do not care. Don't, do not say a single word about that. They care about the principle of the fact that she didn't come home at curfew. What she did was of no consequence to them. <laughs> and, and, and that is that is certainly some some progressive thinking parents. But. I was just I was blown away by that. And, and but this is a, a a problem indicative in the show in general, in the episodes that we want is while Jeannie tends to be the most fleshed out of all the women that we see on screen, just because she is kind of the antagonist for for Ferris. I don't think there are any any women characters in this show. There, there are. Well, there, there are four. There's that set, there, 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 there are no. I, I mean, actual characters. There are set pieces, and there are you know the, the, the reactionary antagonists. But there's there are no character there. Yeah, I think and honestly, then, and, I, oddly, I think that 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 Ferris's mom probably gets more development than any than than Jeannie from, does. From what certainly. we've seen, I would agree with you. But I, I think the the show really fails because you said before that 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 you felt and this may have been uh off air too that that jennifer aniston was kind of the standout and it was easy to see that she would become a star later because she's she's the one that's always kind of being made a fool of and and really is the star of a lot of of pranks which rely wholly on her reactions which she yes. does exceptionally well like she she plays the the butt of the joke very very well and that's why the scene works but you know, I know we only watched four of the 13 episodes. So, you know, if there is a, a fan of the show, they can tell me otherwise. But I feel like Sloan just exists to be pretty girl in the vicinity of Ferris. She's not a character even close to what she was in the film. And it's kind of a bummer because in a show with as many characters that really can barely border past two dimensional, including the title char character, it's it's a shame to not really have more to work with. Yes. I agree. I don't even want to talk about the rest of this episode because there's not really much to say. They, they go out, they, they, they go to get pizza because they're, they've worked for two hours on this paper and they have, they've made the cover sheet. Then they get pizza from this kindly Italian man who moved to the country to get away from war and political strife and his ex-wife. <laughs> and they, yeah, I just wrote great A yucks there. Sheesh. Then they run into a guy that used to go to their school, but he quit school and it was the best decision he ever made. And then they run into that guy's grandfather, who was a shoeshine guy at at the train station. And then yeah, we have we have we have to we have to pause right there, Drew. <laughs> they run into like the only black character that we've seen in the show so far. Yes, or at least the only one that has a name <laughs> that that quit school and then goes to pick his grandfather up who was a shoeshine man at the, the, the train station. 
and then talks about basically, oh, yes, uh, in my day, we had real shoes when referring to their sneakers. And Cameron's, and goes off Cameron's this- lace is about to break and he replaces Cameron's lace. And then they realize. And, uh, and again, th- this is also they are supposed to be on the wrong side of town again. Which, th- again, this is this is a weird message this show sends every single time. <laughs> I, I I don't think it was necessarily a fully conscious choice. I'm not going to say it was, but it was definitely in it's, in the forefront of their mind. It is 100 percent some kind of choice, but yeah, it, so, it is because their car is stolen, and then they are seemingly kidnapped by a gang of uh Latina and uh, Latin people. The, the, and as as a song about cholos is being played in the background yes and 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 they were they were specifically going for the whole cholo vibe i just didn't really want to say that but i mean you have you have to say that because that is the that is specifically the thing that is the song that's playing in the background the the car that they get into which is a chevy impala as they drive away the back the back two wheels drop down so the car scrapes and sparks on the road as they're driving away yeah it is definitely trying to send a specific message but then you find out that these guys were only gonna get ferris and cameron back to a place they knew was safe because they're trying to protect their neighborhood they know all the cops i really liked how this played out because they were they were playing against type and they knew what the 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 viewers expectation was. It does not forgive the message that this whole uh, half of the episode sends about the quote unquote wrong side of town. But I really liked how these characters were used because they're like, no, we're we're we're, we're taking care of people. We're looking after people. We know what people think about this side of town. And we're the people who can make it better. And I was like, that's that's pretty cool. That's that, I mean, it's better than I expected, but yeah, it, it's yeah, still, that, that, that's the thing. It's, 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 it's also it's, it's also they it's played they played rough. up the stereotype in order to break the stereotype, which I guess it was 1990. What are you going to do? That's what you have to do, I guess. I don't know. I'm not a TV writer, uh, but so so they t- they the the guys take they find out that they call the cops using a cell phone. Uh, one of those big chunky block cell phones. They find out that Cameron's mom's car has been taken to this impound lot. So they drive them to the impound lot and say, Hey, see you later. Good luck guys. Impound lots closed. Guess who's also at the impound lot. Jeannie Ferris's sister, because her car got, got towed away. Cause she parked in front of a fire hydrant or something after she had a fight with her college boyfriend who I don't even know who, who gets a name, but she calls him Steve, a, I think he, she calls him a scumbag. He's not credited. That actor looked really familiar, but he's not credited. I don't know who he is. And uh, and so I guess maybe he he did a step too far or something. But and so yeah, she's, he, was, he was he was trying to basically, you know. Do things people in college do and and and. She was having no part of it and. Kind of told him off and yeah. left. Uh, so and anyway, walked to the <laughs> to so the she goes to the lot. impound lot. Uh, she, Ferris and Cameron, uh, the next morning as they've stayed up all night have, uh, they, they come together for, with a solution and the day is saved. Cameron and Ferris get to give, they, they, instead of writing a paper, they give a live presentation about how 
you know, what is an, uh, uh, an important American? What is an important American? Is it this guy that, that came from another country to be, for a better life? Is it this guy that worked hard for his entire life helping other people? Is it these two, two young guys that are trying to make their community better? And then the entire crowd applauds. Oh, yes. Oh, they've done it. But the teacher still gives them a C minus because they didn't do the assignment, which I thought was very funny to to end the cap. That, 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 that episode was funny. On. And, but, and again, the, the, sh- the show kind of doesn't seem to stick the landing because we, we totally didn't even include the whole weird bit about Ferris and Sloan dressing up as she dresses up as his sister. Oh, that was the Halloween. Ep- that was a Halloween episode. Yeah, I said we didn't even talk about like oh, in, in terms weird. of not sticking landings. Like in the Halloween episode, we see that Ferris has dressed up as as uh, Rooney, Rooney and takes his his mask off, and then Jeannie comes in, and then they start making out, and then she takes her mask off, and it's Sloan. That it's Sloan. But it's it's just it's 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 icky icky. That's that's um, still creepy. That is still yeah. extremely creepy. It's it's very, very icky. The show, the show tends to be very tone deaf. And and I feel like that does the show itself no favors because it's already working with a lot against it because it's an adaptation or a, or, or a, a reboot of a, a very popular teen film. And for a, a, a lot of teenager. I feel like. When they have a film that they love or they have something that they, that they, that they love something that that feels inauthentic or or disingenuine is going to turn people off. And I feel like that was the problem with this show is it doesn't feel authentic. It doesn't feel like it's a, even that much of a fun experience from this cool teenagers fantasy point of view. Whereas shows like Save the Bell or Parker Lewis or the show that this one replaced or, or was replaced by Blossom or even the show that this this followed up. This was set to come on when it first in the first season, right after Fresh Prince. This show was set up for <laughs> success. Wow! And the fact that the, all these shows exist in 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 their worlds and can simultaneously be authentically cool and just have an identity, and this one can't. I think really spells out why this show failed. You you mentioned tone deaf. I have to talk about one final thing because it deserves to be talked about. The music in this show is awful. Outside of outside of the pilot having some licensed music and a couple of other songs mm-hmm. here and there, it is literally this like record scratch. Ferris. Bueller, Ferris, Bueller, Bueller, Ferris, Ferris, Bueller, which if you watch the episode, you understand what my my intro bit to this episode was um, as the John Malkovich reference that it was. Ah, which was another little bit they used Ah, that that just punctuates every scene in this show. To the point where it's just it's it's annoying, and I thought. I guess maybe they thought it was going to be cool. And it's so interesting that you mentioned that this show is supposed to come on after Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which has one of the most iconic TV theme songs of all time. Yeah. And it's just, oh, Ferris, 
Ferris. Oh, Ferris Bueller. And that's the thing is, like, I, I honestly think that that that, that um, putting it on after Fresh Prince highlights how not cool the show is. Yeah. It, it like, just... Can you imagine finishing an episode of Fresh Prince and then watching this? I, 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 I OK, I'm, I'm, I'm done talking about Ferris Bueller. I, I'm going to say one final thing about this <laughs> because I can't think about the show anymore. It has invaded my thoughts for too long now about just how it's not it's just dreadfully mediocre like it's 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 not bad it's not awful it's tone deaf in certain things story-wise of which i blame some on the writing and some just on the time that it was created but it's just it's bland it is a bland thing that just doesn't work and I want to, yeah. and I know Miles and I both watched the pilot episode of Parker Lewis Can't Lose, which is a show that was on at the same time about basically the same thing. And I'm not, this episode isn't about Parker Lewis Can't Lose. We will probably do episodes about Parker Lewis Can't Lose because I watched that first episode of that show and it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's everything that this show could have been. And I can only blame writing and directing. For this because i don't think the characters were, were miscast i think that some of the characters were actually very well cast it just yeah on paper this is a show that should work and it does not and that's about yeah, it i i think part and i think part of it has to do with i don't think there are certain there are certain properties you just don't need to make a tv show of and i feel like kids wanted things inspired by ferris bueller they can respond to that when you just say oh well ferris bueller was popular here's the show it comes off as hello fellow kids and this was written that way this entire thing was written by someone who clearly thought this stuff was cool and and the idea of a cool kid from a 50 year old studio exec yeah it's it's and 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 I know, I know it sounds this, like we're just this, duking and, on and it. And again, if this show didn't have the name Ferris Bueller, no one would be talking about it. Miles and I would have come across this, this weird show about Shmaris Fueller. What a weird thing that happened back in 1990. That's a weird show that only lasted a half dozen episodes. It just, it would not have... It would have been part of our syndication in September, maybe, possibly. Maybe, <laughs> you know? maybe not, because it only had 13 episodes. But it's 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 one of those things where if, if it didn't have the name it had, it would have been completely lost to time. And the fact that it has the name it has and has been nearly lost to time really tells you all you need to know. I still think it's worth watching at least one episode of just for the experience. Know <laughs> that it's going to be funny in parts and that it's going to be extremely lame in parts and that overall you're going to walk away with it like a, huh, that's about yeah, it. I, I, huh. I appreciate this being around for academic reasons. I think the show, it has, as much as I've been, you know, we, we've both been kind of dunking on it a little bit for, for good reason. But I also think and that we mentioned before that, that there's a certain charm that this show has and you see it every every now and then. And you're like, you know, I, I wouldn't mind watching another episode. And it's really fun to show to people who don't know this show ever existed, because that's a lot of folks, especially and, with, especially with an actress 
like Jennifer Aniston, as, one of the yeah, most because, famous TV actresses of all time. Right. In four, this, four years later, she would be in an iconic generation defining sitcom. Four years later. That is not a lot of time. No. Okay. Uh, between between here and there, she I think she just did Leprechaun and in 93. In and then right after that, she was cast as Rachel Green. And. I know she had some bit parts of the tongue. Cause I think she, in the reunion, she talks about, you know, didn't think she got the role, but. And I, I promise we didn't plan this to come out the same time that the uh, friends reunion special came out, but uh, here we are. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it, it's so funny that, that, that it ended up like that, but we drew and I talk a lot about how we will sometimes either schedule an episode or, uh, to come out. And then it just happens within a couple weeks. Something, something comes out about the subject that we've talked about. There's a weird, uh, like i like, don't know like when we t- did our episodes on tron and tron legacy like a week and a half later news about tron 3 came out and it's like what are we doing here well when we did our episode <laughs> about caddyshack 2 like the next week there was this massive like retrospective article uh by, by i can't remember if it was uh screen or someone did this massive thing about the making of caddyshack 2 which I really could have used research for it. Well, well, but, you know, well Miles, we, we've been in this game a long time and that maybe maybe somehow we just have a little subconscious finger on the pulse of society. <laughs> and that's maybe. And that's something we might talk about next week, because next week. Folks. Is is a little different. We're we're not going to tell you exactly what we're doing next week, but. Just know that next week is the 10th anniversary of the release of the very first episode of the More Unit podcast. Yes, I've been doing this, this show, for better or for worse, for <laughs> a decade now, and I can't believe it. We have some yeah. special things lined up, maybe some special ghosts coming on to talk about our experience on this show. And that is what we're going to do next week. Uh, I'm super excited. I'm super, I'm definitely not going to bring up. I'm I'm very excited. Definitely not going to bring up Ferris Bueller on this at all. Um, But you know, you might, uh, but with that said, that is where we're going to end this particular episode. Of course, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us at themoreunerd.com. You can go to facebook.com slash themoreunerd. You can tweet to us at themoreunerd. And of course you can email us your questions, comments, just downright profanity about making you watch uh, this TV show. The more you nerd at gmail.com. That's the more you nerd at gmail.com. You can also find us the more you nerd dot for all our t-shirts, including our new awesome uh, Gundam t-shirt and our Godzilla versus star mascot t-shirt. Speaking of star mascot. Y'all got to get your picks in. So mm-hmm. What are we going to name the star mascot? Because it's been 10 years. We've had that star mascot for almost as long as we've been a show. And we need to name the little guy or little gal. I don't know. Or little star being. We need a name. So send him in the at gmail.com at the Maureen nerd on Twitter. Find us at the cosmic crit discord. You can find all that stuff on our website. Uh, and that, as we say, is that gang. As we end the show, as we always do, with a rousing nerd out.